0: From Lynchburg, Virginia, the GOAT podcast.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I am kind of, <laughs> in a weird way, this is kind of a blessing in disguise that, like, we've had the first time this podcast has ever been, like, agitating to me.
0: Yeah. Because
1: we had a Super Bowl this
0: weekend. <laughs> we did have a Super Bowl this weekend. And, uh, Last it was very weekend. entertaining. It, yeah, went, it was hey, that's one the, there, thing. On yeah, yeah.
1: the price side, thank God it was at least entertaining. But, yeah. oh, my gosh. That Super Bowl was one of the – like, other than last year, which last year I just don't count as the Super Bowl. If you ask me last year, no one really won the Super Bowl. Nothing happened. It was just dead. That's only because no.
0: New England won.
1: No, that game was just so <laughs> bad. And the halftime <laughs> show wasn't much better. I mean, it was Mern 5, and the only thing Adam Levine did was take his shirt off. And then Big Boy came out, and, like, yeah. I had a bunch of people ask me, hey, who's Big Boy?
0: That's you know, That's so wild. How do you not know who Big Boy is? That, they, they don't really to listen to Outcast. Out as, yeah, exactly. No one listens to Outcast anymore, I guess. They don't really
1: listen to Outcast it's anymore. Is. Outcast is it's not is. popular with the people for some reason right now. This is
0: this is probably the number one sports Outcast podcast out there. I think this so. is true.
1: This is this is undoubtedly true. <laughs> but uh, all in all, it was just an, in, an interesting matchup to say the least, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too excited about at least the NFC matchup. I would have rather seen Green Bay there. I think the playoffs would have been a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I I think that that was uh, uh, very entertaining to watch. And, you know, I was glad to see the Chiefs win.
1: Yeah, no, it was actually pretty cool to see. And we got our uh, prediction. We did get our prediction. We did get our prediction. It's
0: like one of the few times we've actually been correct. So that
1: that is true. That again, this is you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong at all. Um, but yeah, like (laughs) that's kind of funny. I'll tell you about that later. Though, um, yeah, Super Bowl happened. The Chiefs won. Congrats to Kansas City Chiefs fans. If we have any that listen to this podcast, yeah,
0: yeah, there's a few.
1: There are a few. Sweet. Um, I mean. Let's just get. You want to just go break down the game real quick?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I I think Kansas City, in my opinion, they had control of the game throughout. Um, even when it seemed like I I was never in question of uh, uh when when San Francisco went up and uh, in in the second half, I, I there was no question for me that Kansas City was going to find a way to win because that's how they won a lot of their games this year. Is just coming back and uh, outperforming the other team and uh you know, give credit where credits due. I think San Francisco's a very talented team, and um I wouldn't be surprised if we see them back in there again next year because of their uh the youth that they have offensively and defensively so um right I don't know we'll see i mean with Kyle shanahan it's it's interesting though after after having a lead with what is it eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and seven seven, games. seven, yeah. seven yeah, minutes
1: this year. Um, I'm going to get into it a little bit with the 49ers, but I kind of wanted to start with the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs look good. Throughout the game, I was kind of like you when thinking, wow, this can't really be the Chiefs. Like, I was kind of, I was, but unlike you, I did, uh, I did kind of think, I was like, wow, they don't look that great. Like, but then I thought, wait, this is the Chiefs. They can score at will at any second. This, like, this doesn't yeah. make sense. They shouldn't right. be struggling this much. And um, they were struggling for about three and a half quarters. And then they remembered, oh, yeah, we're the Chiefs. Let's score at will. And they proceeded to do said thing, score at will. I will say this, though. About midway through the third quarter or so, my dad called me. And he was like, hey, Patrick Mahomes doesn't, doesn't really look that good. And for the first time in a while, Patrick Mahomes didn't seem like a su- uh, like a superstar, um, like, court- transcendent quarterback. He just seemed like a really, really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was good enough to win the game. But, like, let's just be honest and say, Patrick Mahomes did not have a good game the Super Bowl. Granted. You can go with the narrative when the light shined most and the world needed him most, he was there and he proceeded to win and round off like four straight touchdown scoring drives to win the Super Bowl, which is, again, good and what you're supposed to do. But like Patrick Mahomes consistently didn't look that great. And I think, had it been any other quarterback who had that type of performance where they did like have a slow, a really slow start and then caught fire at the end, I think we'd be a little bit more critical of him. But Patrick Mahomes won the game and Andy Reid got a Super Bowl. So all is forgiven on that front.
0: Uh yeah, I kind of disagree on that though. I I think that did he play very well in the first half? Uh, not too tremendously, but I mean, I think in the second half he really showed out, and he really did enough to win them the game. And that's why I think he you know uh won Super Bowl Super Bowl MVP, and I think that's how like yeah,
1: I mean, of course.
0: I, you know it's not like a it wasn't like a crazy record breaking game or anything like that, that had in the regular season but i also wasn't expecting that just because okay. um i mean it's the super bowl you're going against you know the top competition and so that's why i wasn't really necessarily expecting that i was expecting a good battle and i mean san francisco has one of the best defenses in the league and uh yeah i mean that that's that's my thought on it it's just like I kind of knew that it was probably going to go off to a slow start, and then okay. pick it up later on, hopefully. But uh, and I think he did that. So okay,
1: um, you don't think Damian uh, Damian Williams kind of deserved at least consideration for the MVP with the game that he had? I mean, he consistently had a great game all throughout the uh, the game and stuff. So I was wondering if that was if, would that be someone you would have also considered for the MVP spot? Not yeah. saying Patrick Holmes didn't deserve it, but saying just to give like a shout out to someone else.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm sure there were uh other votes in question. I'm sure it wasn't unanimous, but um I I just think overall I think Patrick Mahomes made the most impact on the on the team at that day even though it, his performance wasn't as great as some of the stuff that we've seen in the regular season. So Right. Um, That's fair. That's yeah. fair.
1: Um I think something that really helped Patrick Mahomes out this year was the fact that he had a lot of really explosive weapons. Yeah. And I think we give Patrick Holmes a lot of credit, which I believe is all, which I fully believe is due in the fact that he's just that good of a quarterback. But you got to give him some like some credit with the weapons that he has around him. Like Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins are both not number one, at least number two receivers somewhere. They had outstanding games. They were running with at least ten yards, like a ten yard cushion and open and stuff like that, all throughout the game. So I thought they played tremendously well. Travis Kelsey did his thing, and the Chiefs' defense actually showed up and stopped for the most part contained the Niners. Granted, I think the Niners helped him a lot with the with some of the play calling that was made, but we can get to that when we talk about the Niners. But the Chiefs did well. Um, I'm really happy to see Terrell Suggs get another ring. That was really excited. I was really excited to see that for him. Um, yeah. Great player, like a Raven most of his life. So, um, yeah, I was really happy for that. So, well, uh, congrats to the Chiefs. And also congrats to Andy Reid. Just a great guy from what we hear around the football world. Super chill, super nice. um really happy for uh, him and for him to get a ring as a head coach
0: yeah yeah i totally agree um i didn't like uh as a redskins fan i didn't like competing against andy Reid when he was on the eagles but it's always exciting right. to see uh, a coach win uh a super bowl for the first time and uh, regardless of the outcome that would have been the situation tonight and our yeah last absolutely. Week, and, and uh but it it was entertaining to see and uh you could tell that I mean it meant a lot for him to win, obviously. And uh yeah, I I don't really have anything else other than the Super Bowl. Just uh uh congrats to Andy Reid and congrats to the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, Dad, you wanna talk about uh the Niners real quick and Shanahan?
0: Man, I mean I think it's enough has been said between uh what I everyone what I think and, you um, know, w- everyone out there, but I also think like what I think too, it's just like, you know, they came up close. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, gets as close to winning a Super Bowl as possible again. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I, those are my thoughts behind it. Not, not much else other than that.
1: I have a question. Go for, for our You are second and five, controlling the game, and <laughs> oh yeah, you're running back is getting six yards a clip. Yep. Why are you passing the ball twice?
0: Well, I mean, you're Kyle Shanahan. That's why you're passing the ball Your
1: running back is literally breathing six yards. You Mm -hmm. need five. And you want to throw the ball twice? And, like, I I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that at all. And, like, everything with the 49ers pre stat motion seemed to be throwing the Chiefs off for the most part where they could do that. So, like, again, I don't understand if you have that dominant of a run game and you just don't, like, you just don't run it when you need to, in, in my opinion. Just because it's like you're back in your own territory and you're like down, like you're up a couple, doesn't mean you need to pass. Like sometimes it just may, you need to make the smart play, and I think running would have definitely been a smart play in that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy
1: G, I mean, he had a decent game, but you know, he couldn't come up with it at, the, it at the end. So,
0: well, I think he was trying to do too much, and I think it's because they didn't run the ball.
1: I agree and with so. that. Wow, it's almost like running the ball is like also running the ball got you where you were last, like all year. Right. Like no one said anything about like the Niners have a great passing game. They said right. they have a, like a decent passing game with a great running game. Exactly. Like in the NFC champion like in a NFC championship game, so you get to the Super Bowl, they threw the ball eight times. Yeah. And when you have the Super Bowl in hand, well in hand basically, and all you have to do is hey, keep them off the field. You don't run the ball when you've been doing that all year. Like, it's like he overthought himself or outthunk himself.
0: Yeah. yeah it just, I, I
1: don't know, it, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: No, I, I don't think it makes sense to a lot of people. And uh, I'm not sure as far as the decision-making is concerned on that end. And, uh, you know, I'll leave it for the 49ers to decide what they could have done differently. But, um, yeah, I mean, not the way that yeah. you want to end.
1: So let's start talking about NFL football and start talking about XFL football. Jacob, are you going to watch the XFL tomorrow?
0: No, I'm not going <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> to. I'm not going to. I'm um, not going to. Just because I think uh, there's the college basketball slate is going to be fantastic tonight. Oh, it's Carolina. Carolina Duke tomorrow. It's Duke and Carolina in the most hideous uniforms of all time. Uh, Which ones? They they brought out they, both teams brought out alternate uniforms. So instead, wait, are they
1: online or something?
0: Huh? Yeah. Are yeah, they yeah. online? Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna look
1: for these because uh, I haven't seen them yet.
0: They they have the logo on the chest, no numbers on the front, nothing, no nothing on the front. Wait, I see these other than the logo, and then on the back it's got the numbers, and I don't even know if it's gonna have the name on the back or not, um, but. I mean, we'll see. But they look like practice jerseys. It's ridiculous. These look
1: like tank shops that frat boys wear on, like, a beach on spring break. Yeah, like a a practice jersey. I expect 50 or 60 guys named Brad to wear these exact same jerseys at a beach in Miami while they smoke weed and, like, do drugs. These jerseys absolutely suck. They look like T-shirts.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Also, is Carolina blue better than Duke blue?
0: Uh, I don't like either blue.
1: That's true. (laughs) Same, same. That was the, that's the right answer. I don't
0: like either blue.
1: That's the right answer. Good answer. Good answer. uh, Um, who do you got in this game?
0: Um, you know, I've been throwing out this hot take to all my friends, so I might as well just, you know, throw it out there again. I think, I think Carolina's going to win and Carolina might end up winning both games. If Cole Anthony plays in both Duke Carolina matchups. might end up beating Duke twice. And I don't think it's because – like, I don't – Carolina is not good. They're they're just – they're not very talented as Mm -hmm. far as the roster is concerned this year. They can't really mesh together, and uh, they're just not good. And then Duke is pretty much the opposite right now as far as uh, um, chemistry is concerned, and overall they're pretty talented as well. And so there's no – there's not much of uh, a – incentive to say that Carolina is gonna win this game but mm-hmm. um I don't know Some, something something's got me feeling that uh Carolina is gonna win both these games and uh, Carolina will win tomorrow but I you know I wouldn't take my word for it I wouldn't put money on it or anything but you know that's that's just how I feel
1: gotcha what do you I feel I think Duke wins yeah. uh, wait is it at Carolina or at Duke
0: uh, I believe it's at Cameron Indoor.
1: Oh, yeah, Duke wins. I don't think is that good. They've looked bad all season.
0: Could be. I don't think,
1: I think, I don't even think they make the tournament this year.
0: Oh, no, it's it's home. It's home in Chapel Hill.
1: Oh, it is? I still I think guess. Duke wins. It's at
0: the Dean, though. Yeah, Carolina's going to win that one. Wow.
1: Speaking of Carolina, when
0: are we, we going to get Mike on? 12% chance of winning that uh, game. And I think, uh, well, it's a uh, eighty-seven point four percent chance uh, okay. that Duke wins. So uh, the odds say that you are going to be correct, Josh. But you know, I, I really hope so. It's college basketball this year. It's just it's so hard to predict because, like, literally anyone can lose. So
1: yeah. Any other good games off of college basketball tomorrow? Uh,
0: yep. Uh, Virginia against Louisville is going to be a good one. That's the first is- time that uh, Virginia has gone back to the KFC Yum Center since. The uh overtime game against Purdue, sending them to the final four. Um, and I mean, Virginia's had a lot of great history uh winning those games uh, on the road against Louisville. And then let's see, there's some other great matchups. Let's see any top twenty five matchups. Maryland let's and see. Illinois tomorrow or tonight. Maryland, Illinois yes. tonight. And Maryland then, wins. Yeah. Illinois hopefully. is pretty
1: legit. Nope. Hopefully Maryland wins.
0: And then LSU Auburn. That'll be a good one. That's at twelve. Okay. And Seton Hall Villanova is going to be a great matchup at two thirty. Um, and, Iowa
1: and Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska's trash. Never mind.
0: Yeah, but Iowa's nasty though. Uh, uh, That's true. Colorado, Colorado. Oh, I see that. Colorado's legit. Like, are they? I, they get. They're very slept on, and I think Colorado's very good. They've they played they played really top talented teams. They've beaten Dayton earlier in the year. And uh Dayton's a very high-caliber team, um, right. and yeah, I, I I think Colorado could make a, a real impact in the tournament too, depending Ooh, here on the matchup.
1: Here's a good game I might watch out for: Gonzaga, the rivalry, Gonzaga versus St. Mary's.
0: Yeah, it is a I mean, why not? Game. Ten o'clock,
1: ten yeah. o'clock. I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah, I, I mean, don't see why not at
0: all. St. Mary's has, uh, pretty good odds, 36% for, I mean, facing the number two team in the country being unranked. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And you got Oregon, Oregon state. So.
0: Yeah. Another great rivalry game for sure. And then, uh, yeah, it should be interesting, uh, to see where the slate matches up. I think, I mean, Tennessee and Kentucky should be interesting. Uh, Tennessee's gotten that the better number of that for the last couple of years. Um, and uh, it's a home game for them as well, and I think they've beaten Kentucky two years in a row at home. I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, and that, that's right fifty fifty right now. They're actually favored to win that game. So Interesting. That, that should be exciting to see. And I, I honestly don't like I've said before on college basketball. I still don't really trust any team, um, but I think the uh, front runners are going to clear up a little bit after this weekend.
1: Okay. So this is the this make or break weekend.
0: Uh it's getting there. Yeah. We're we're starting to get into the uh the grind.
1: Ah, uh, so like. okay. Okay. Maybe Maryland can, you know, win a game on the road in the Big Ten. Something that seems almost impossible this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we shall see. We yeah.
1: shall see. They still haven't lost at home all year though.
0: 8 PM tonight on uh FS one, so that should be great.
1: Yeah, I'll be at a hockey game, but I'll be keeping a watchful eye over that game for a yeah. scoreboard. Um Let's see. Well, I guess like I feel like we're mostly a football podcast, which is kind of sad because like football is only certain times a year. But uh, it's all good. Um, I do want to at least go over these XFL teams so we can at least laugh at them.
0: Okay, I mean I don't want to laugh at them, but go ahead, go ahead.
1: I mean, not all right. Laugh at them is a wrong term. It was just something made me very frustrated. I was looking at the teams over uh during at work today. Yeah, and I was looking at some of the slates. And I saw the abbreviation for one of the teams, which is the Dragons. Yeah. And it says Sea Dragons. And I'm like, wait, what type of name is Sea Dragons? Like that's, like, that's really weird. Like, what city is it? And I thought, oh, wait, Seattle. Seattle yeah. Dragons. Dragons. Right. Yeah, the DC, I'm going to be a huge DC Defenders fan, though.
0: Really? All right. Yeah. That's so the second, my high DC, second DC team that you enjoy now.
1: Exactly. Uh, a friend of mine actually plays for them. Um, Boozer. Cole Boozer, he uh, went to my high school and he played and he went to Temple as Correct. an O lineman. So, get her for the DC defenders. So, now have
0: two DC teams. There you go. There you um, go. Um, isn't the NBA All Star game some, this weekend? It's next weekend. Next it'll, weekend. It'll okay. Next weekend. Yep. Team LeBron and first team Giannis. Those teams just came out. So, that'll be very exciting to see. And then, you know, uh, my guy, Joe Harris. Returning for the three-point contest to defend his crown. Nice. And uh, Dwight Howard's back in the dunk contest. Is he really? Yeah. My sleeper, actually, for the dunk contest. Let me pull up. I wrote it down. Um. What did I say? Who did I say that was going to win that one? This is great radio, by the way.
1: Uh, I'm looking at <laughs> the participants right now. I'm trying to find the participants right now. Because I can't find any, and I don't know anything about the NBA. So
0: Derek Jones Jr. That's what okay. Got that's that's my winner. That dude is gonna be filthy. He can jump out the gym. He can. Yes, without a doubt. I watched him play uh, against the Pacers in person uh, when I went down for the Orange Bowl. Oh my gosh, his vertical is insane. He's he's my winner. He, he's he's my sleeper to win the dunk contest this year. I don't know if he's favoriteed but He's my sleeper to win it.
1: All right. Um, I think I might go. Ooh, it's either Aaron Gordon or which I think all he know is known for is donkey,
0: Right.
1: Or Dwight uh-huh. Howard.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I don't think they're gonna have enough gas in the tank. That's that's my thought behind it, and I you really- I, I think it's gonna be a young guy. So. Or, see. or a, a, a newer face to a lot of casual fans, at least. Can Zach Levine come back into it?
1: <laughs> or is he yeah. just? Oh, where's the All-Star game? Oh, it's in Chicago this year.
0: Yeah, it is in Chicago.
1: Sharak, baby. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to make an appearance.
0: Yeah, I bet he will. That'd um, be nice. Bet a lot of Chicago, just are going to swing by. But, Kanye. Uh, we will see. I wouldn't be surprised. Does Kanye
1: still watch the NBA? Hmm. Embarrassed oh, to
0: Oh yeah. Huge NBA fan, but, um, huge NBA fan. yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens during that weekend. I love all-star weekend. That's one of my favorite weekends. Uh, I mean, if you all know me, like I'm a huge basketball guy, I've always been that way. Um, even over like any other sport, like basketball's definitely been like my favorite to watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved attending the NBA all-star game last year. Um, mm-hmm. And or like that whole weekend that um entirely and it's right because really you were cool. in Charlotte
1: when that was going on right
0: right yeah it's it's really cool to see like all the whole atmosphere going on uh during that time it's it's packed um, and that's why they having it I mean already at these big cities and it's just like it's flooded everywhere and it's it's really cool to see though because it's all just a bunch of NBA fans celebrities uh you know NBA superstars just all walking around and it's really cool to see
1: right actually i was in shod for hot second during that time last year too but i was in the airport and i was literally having a connecting flight
0: yeah but yeah, like it would have been cool to link up
1: that would have been super cool to link up um i guess i can mention something about hockey real quick i mean are you done with the <laughs> nba talk
0: yeah i'm done with nba talk
1: Okay. Um, I mean, nothing really much to report. Ovechkin's two goals away from 700 goals. He might break Gretzky's record. And -hmm. we're still top of the division at 77 points. So, um, yeah, everything's looking pretty good. I should have more coming playoff time. Oh, also, fun fact. um, Fun fact. Ever since we have have had uh, Columbus Blue Jackets Ice Girl, Catherine Bredshaw, on, yeah. Uh Columbus has been in a playoff spot, so maybe she's our good. She was the good luck charm for the Blue Jackets.
0: Yeah, we got the Go podcast bump in there. That's, That's true. why they're doing
1: so well. The GPB, baby. GPB. <laughs> um, okay. So I think we've discussed everything we're gonna discuss today, but we have a really cool interview coming up with one of my good friends. And I guess we can swing it over to her whenever we re- we're ready.
0: All right, let's
1: get to it. <laughs> All right go podcast listeners we have my good friend merm Miriam feiger on we just call her merm though Mm -hmm. um she is a former high school athlete a former college athlete and the first person i met from the first state of delaware (laughs) she is also gonna be a future lawyer so that's cool ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show merm (laughs) feiger
2: thank you thank you so much it's such an honor
1: no problem. So Jacob, I don't even know if you know this, but Merm has been one of our like most loyal listeners since the SoundCloud days of the Go Podcast. Wow,
0: that that's dedication right there. If I'm honest with you, Please. I
2: have. I remember SoundCloud days.
0: <laughs> she was yes. also some of those are rough. Okay. So I'm you know very surprised that you stuck around.
2: <laughs> I've always been impressed. I've always been impressed.
0: <laughs> wow! Why, thank that's you. High praise. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: Merm was also Miracle's roommate freshman year, which is a fun little tidbit. Nice. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, my I'll gosh. Go. Was a, go. She was like the best roommate ever.
1: You can talk about her as a roommate. She's going to be on the show next week, and she listens to the podcast quite a bit. Aww, so if you want to oh my pump Myrm's tires, you're more than welcome yeah, to. Yeah,
2: first of all, if you guys went to Liberty and don't know Miracle, I don't know how, because she is just friends with everyone and always involved in stuff, um, especially if you're into sports. I'm very surprised if you haven't heard of her. But... Yeah, we had such a blast. Um, We always would just hang out to all the hours of the night, like typical freshman year stuff, but we always made everything fun. So she's definitely awesome. If you have not met her or don't follow her on social media, look her up. She's an awesome girl, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, she's great. She's great. She's one of our favorite guests on the show, and uh, we're really happy to know her. She knows so
2: much about sports, too. Yeah. She's so knowledgeable.
1: Yeah, she's really, really good. All right, Merm, do you want to give us a little bit of a background about yourself, where you're from, like what you majored in, just the usual getting to know you stuff for our listeners who don't know you?
2: Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Delaware, and I guess my main sport was lacrosse. So I love lacrosse so much. I've played it actually since I was in middle school. Um, The first sport I ever really played and loved was field hockey, and I started that in elementary school. My mom played field hockey at Houghton College, so... Both my parents are athletes. My dad played at Maryland for golf, and my mom played at Houghton in New York for field hockey. Um, So sports are kind of a big thing in my family, especially um, my dad being from Philly. We're big Philly fans here. So we're definitely into sports a lot. Um, Lacrosse was something that I loved doing growing up Um, in high school. It's all I did. On the weekends, weekdays, just anyone who plays like travel sports knows it's just you're on a bunch of teams, indoor, outdoor, summer league, fall league, like school ball, all that stuff. Um, But I decided to switch it up in college. And I actually randomly tried out for the ice hockey team at Liberty. And it was actually such a fun experience. Like I had never ice skated before or done anything ice hockey related. But For some reason, my naive self thought that my field hockey abilities would translate and I didn't even (laughs) look into it enough to realize that there's literally no correlation and nothing similar about it, which is actually kind of funny because I was watching a YouTube video on Margot Robbie, actually, who I love.
1: Okay, same.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have seen the show on YouTube, First We Feast. It's, like, one of my favorite shows on YouTube where celebrities eat wings, ranging from, like, sriracha to, like, the hottest, like, hot sauce in the world. It's so funny, um, like, yeah. including athletes like Joel Embiid, all that stuff. So they right. had Margot Robbie on. That was, like, their first one of the season, and it was so funny because she said she played field hockey in Australia, which is, like, it's really big over there, even for men. Right. And then she said when she came to the United States – She was actually on an amateur ice hockey team. And she literally was saying stuff and I was like, that was me. She was like, I was <laughs> not prepared for this. Like I totally thought it was out. I was like, oh my gosh, like me and Margot Robbie have something in common.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great person has something was, like, in common. Interesting
2: fun fact about her. Like, I didn't know that.
1: That's really cool. Wow. You've hit yeah. on a lot of stuff there that, like, gosh, we can I love how I knew you would be a great interview because I just let you go and I love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I um, never stopped talking. <laughs> no,
1: it's trust me, it's a great thing for this show. Um <laughs> You said a lot of things I want to touch up on. First of all, you never told me your dad went to Maryland. We've been friends for four years. How mm-hmm. have we not had this discussion before?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I really don't know. <laughs> That's
1: kind of funny. That's really cool, though. Mm-hmm.
2: It's really cool. Yeah, my whole family's good at golf. Um, his, My dad is one of eight, so he has a lot of siblings who all played sports. My uncle is in the Villanova Hall of Fame for tennis, and then – my dad's brother is actually a professional golfer down in Florida, um, and so he's been in a couple, like, KitchenAids, um, Pro, you know, just the basic, like, tournaments, um, but he's, he was in the Senior Pro now since he's older, but I mean, when he was younger, it was pretty cool because he What's was, his name? like, Tiger Woods, Gene Feger. He's not really relevant anymore. I mean, you'll see him if you watch the Senior Pro, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Back in the day, it was kind of fun when I was younger and, you know, he'd play against all those guys. He's like nothing like special, but he does qualify for the pro. So that's like really cool. Just a little like fun fact. So his whole my whole family's into golf like a lot. So my dad's really good, too.
1: Jacob, you're our residential golf guy. Do you know anything about this? Like his uh, his area play?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a lot of information on that, but I mean, I. As some of the listeners know, I play golf a little bit, but it's not nearly close to uh I'm sure what uh uh you all have experienced uh in before. I shoot high nineties and like low low nineties. It's not that's it's not bad. Close. If you're
2: under hundred, that's not that's not yeah, terrible. It's not it's not yeah, terrible. I, I wish I could
0: go out more often, but um yeah, just don't have the time right now, which is kind of unfortunate. It is, but. it's
2: hard to find the time to golf. I actually went golfing for the first time seriously for like the full 18 holes this Mm -hmm. past summer just because in the past summers I had all across like literally every day or I was working and then um I was training for ice hockey during the summers in between then and working so like sports in my own life had kind of gotten in the way because it does take time to golf like you really have to put aside time and especially you know on the weekends and stuff but it was so fun I mean I loved it i really thought that i would get like hot and tired and everything but i it it just flew by i had such a fun time like i was i loved it i was so surprised if you haven't golfed before to any listeners like i would truly recommend at least just going out and playing nine holes because it's it's really fun
0: yeah i mean it's a sport that you know it lasts a lifetime exactly it's 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 really rare in that situation where it's you know you can't play basketball in that kind of sense you can't play tennis for the most part yeah um or any of, any other sport you really can't play until you know you're 80 or 90 except for golf so that's super exciting uh as far as i'm concerned for my future life like that i'll be able to play cuz i played at such a young age too and yeah um it it's good to i mean you can get into golf at any point in time and that's what i really enjoy about it but the one question i did ask so i had for you was um So as far as the transitions from sports, let me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I went from uh, lacrosse to field hockey to ice hockey.
2: Yeah. So I originally was playing field hockey, but all throughout high school, I played field hockey and lacrosse. Oh, so Um, it was both
0: as, okay, at the same time. I
2: I was better at lacrosse. That was my main focus, like. I tried really hard in field hockey, so I was able to, like, make some travel teams, indoor teams, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't really anything special. Like, lacrosse Mm -hmm. was more of, like, my niche. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, And then, yeah, I just tried something new in college for ice hockey.
0: Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so uh, with, I guess, lacrosse, did you notice any elements of hockey that were uh, similar with lacrosse? Or, um, like, you said with field hockey, it's, it's basically the complete opposite sport. Yeah. Or like, not a lot of like, fundamentals go with that. Do you, did you notice any with uh, lacrosse at all, or is it just like completely different as well? Like, what what made you decide to like go like in a different aspect completely with ice hockey, if that situation is the same way with uh, uh, field hockey and yeah. lacrosse?
2: Yeah. So there was definitely some similarities between lacrosse and ice hockey. I mean, one of them was just like basic offsides. You don't right. have that in field hockey. In field hockey, you just run the field. In lacrosse, you have offsides. Right. Um. To be honest, like the offsides in ice hockey just frustrated me because I thought it was so stupid that you had to have the puck before you could like cross the line because right. it's not like right. that in lacrosse. So in lacrosse, it's just like people. It doesn't matter where the ball movement is. Right. but there's definitely some aspects it's just spatially some more similar a bit to lacrosse um, field hockey is really interesting you play down and low to the ground right Um. you're always squatting you're always lower you're always kind of like playing within a range it's not really a long field a game Um. it's more of like within your immediate distance to pass things off since it is on the ground you can't you know but I feel like um, there were some similarities. And I, see, I think that if you talk to ice hockey players, as I got to know some of them, like some of them are my good friends. And a lot right. of them have played, first of all, a lot of them are Canadian, but they've also played box lacrosse. and right. So I would say ice hockey is more similar to box lacrosse than it is field lacrosse. So those sports are actually pretty similar. It's very fast-paced. Um, right. It, the, the turnovers are quick. So mm-hmm. in lacrosse, you can turn over really quick and the game changes in an instant, which is same in field hockey. But again, it's not as quick. Um, but what originally got me into ice hockey, as you said, you know, I transitioned is, first of all, I didn't know that Liberty's club sports were taken so seriously. I don't think is...
1: anyone did until you stepped in. Yeah, center, so. yeah,
2: which is honestly probably a good thing, because if I knew how serious it was, that we would have multiple practices a day as well as film and things on the weekends and recruiting weekends, all this stuff, traveling constantly going, you know, to basically Canada, because you're so far north in New York, but all the road trips and stuff, um, I probably would have shied away from it, because I really wanted to kind of get away a little bit from such an intense sports schedule. I really want to like, enjoy my time in college and spend time with friends. But right. it really was a total God thing that led me there because I loved it. And I really think that I think any person that played sports in high school seriously and on travel sports can kind of identify with the fact that when you go to college and if you choose not to play a sport, it's a really hard transition, right. you know, especially if you're a talented athlete, which a lot of those people are like whether you have an injury or whether you're just not able to financially do that, whatever it is. Um, it's a hard transition. So I was just kind of looking for something to keep me busy. And I truly thought that club was just, a more competitive version of intramural. So I thought instead of just having like a leisurely fun game, it would be like, Oh, we maybe pay out a ref to actually come and, you know, do something with it. But I didn't even know that we'd have like serious coaches. I thought we might like rotate players as a coach. So I really didn't look into it that much. I kind of just threw it out there. I've kind of always been one to just want to try new things. And right. when I got out there, it was like a little bit overwhelming but that was also exciting because I'd never tried something so new and been so bad at a sport (laughs) like it was just really great to be like the worst of the worst because there was so much room for growth and it was so fun like I didn't feel a ton of pressure because even though it was club it was super competitive but like there weren't expectations for me coming in like I'm I was even surprised that I made the team so I was just really thankful and like grateful for the opportunity to learn about the sport because it was really really fun to try something new.
1: Right, wow, you, dude, you're just so good at this. This It's so much fun. Um, (laughs) God, you hit on a lot of things. I actually kind of want to touch on a little bit, Murm. Can we go back a little bit to talk about like your? There are two things I kind of want to hit on. First, you want to talk about like your like your childhood, like your travel team, like yeah, we like I did it in class a couple times, but like U sports is a million, if not billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. You just kind of want to talk about it from like a player's perspective, if you can remember back then when you were younger, just like. How crazy it was planning all those weekends out to like go do huh. um like youth sports and tra- the travel schedules and all that, especially with lacrosse. Yeah. I know it's insane.
2: Yeah, it really was.
1: Touch on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, for sure. So you're right. It is it is a um huge industry. I remember one of the teams I played on, I literally was essentially a substitute because it cost three thousand dollars to play on this indoor lacrosse team. And they had 8, asked me to 000? play for them. Yeah, for a season. And It was absurdly expensive. When you get up north, it just gets out of control. Um, Right. And even if you talk to some D1 athletes or D1 coaches, they'll say it's not even worth it because they don't even get good scouting. It's just that people assume that if you play for a travel team that goes to tournaments that you're automatically going to get scouted, but that's not really how it works. You really do have to communicate to colleges and they have to communicate with you and there's very, very specific rules at NCAA, but I know when I call, when I talked to Coach Nangle at Liberty, she was telling me, like, it's so sad to see all those people investing so much money in tournaments that really no one scouts. And right. it's honestly, like you said, it can be a money-grabbing business in some aspects. But it's also rewarding for the kids because they still love playing the sport. It's their passion. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was an experience, like – I just substitute for that team. I didn't pay any dues for the team. I just said, Hey, if you need someone to fill in, I'll come in and fill in for you and play. So I did that a few times, which was really fun. But um, I didn't commit to anything that expensive. Um, But it was complicated, especially like during preseason for lacrosse. I had a lot of trials for travel teams. I had my school team, which I went to very small private schools. So a lot of that was student organization to really keep the team together, like hype up people for tryouts and, you know, recruit people was essentially the responsibility of the students that really wanted to play just being from such a small school. Right. Um, and I feel like people that went to private schools can identify with that because you really are trying to build a team, anyone athletic, you really want to try to teach them with them in your spare time, stuff like that. Um, But I really enjoyed it. It was definitely complicated sometimes when I'd be playing indoor field hockey for the winter. And then I'd also be playing on my travel team for um, early spring um, as field hockey was finishing up. And then I also had, you know, indoor lacrosse as well as school lacrosse. It was definitely kind of stacked up. I got a little lucky because I live really close to my school. Like I walk to school every day Uh and it's virtually in my backyard and my travel team for like two years for lacrosse actually met at my school just because we had such a nice turf field. They actually ended up renting that out for my travel team. And so that was just, it made a lot easier for me to be able to do a little bit more with that, but definitely in the summers, like all we did was just, tournaments and you know like staying in hotels and driving for like three hours super early in the morning to get to the tournaments but right i don't regret any of it i think it's a really good experience i think people definitely need to be weary and look into the programs to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of or being you know overpriced but i played for fc and i really enjoyed my time so um i i thought that was a great program i played on some other random teams but that was like my main team that i really loved playing with so
1: gotcha um, okay, so you get the you get recruited for Liberty as a lacrosse player and you ended up playing hockey. Now, I know the story from a while ago. Do you kind of want to go into that a little bit or do you yeah. not want to? You yeah. can if you want to, I don't want to like force your hand. Oh, all
2: no, n- not at all. So, um, yeah, I really was looking forward to going to Liberty to play lacrosse. Um, I was an average athlete, I would say. I really wasn't anything special. Um, I worked really hard, which I think gave me the ability again like I said I live basically right next to my school so I had lacrosse goals and entire turf field to myself every day whenever I wanted to go out after practice I could walk two minutes and just shoot a hundred times on goal so I feel like it was just almost like I had the opportunity to really hone my skills and that's really just what gave me the ability to like work hard um also also just from like a sports perspective I think playing on a private school team um they're not as good as public schools because public schools have such a pool to draw from and private schools don't embrace the debate. Yeah. That's
1: a good debate topic. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: I'll let you finish that one. Yeah. And so I feel like for certain, like I graduated with literally less than 30 people in my class, we graduated with like 25 people. And I feel like private schools, if they're that small, you have a smaller pool of athletes. And so I really had a more versatile style because I really had to play sometimes on defense, even though I was an offender, and sometimes on offense. You know, even though I was in more of a defensive position, depending on the game, um, you really play a lot of positions. And D one coaches will tell you this too. Like that's actually not what they want. They really want people that are more suited for a specific position. They they will get the people for each position. You don't need to worry about doing more than your own position. So right. It was definitely when I went to the trainings and the um, different recruiting sessions. It was it was a big learning experience, but I really loved it. Like I lacrosse was like what made me happy in life. And it still is. And I love that sport so much. Right. Um, But. Basically, what happened was I was praying about it, thinking about going to Liberty for lacrosse. I knew that I would have to work really hard to make the team, but I also knew it was possible. I had been communicating with the coach a bit. I knew they were interested in me. And I was praying. I was just like, Lord, if you really want me to be on this team, like please show it to me. I'm not sure if this is where you want me to be. And it just so happened that I got an invitation from the coach to go back for a 7v7 after a specific like, recruiting event that I went to. Basically. So what they do with that is just so they can see you more on a personal level, how good you are individually, instead of in a big group, they really want to like see your specific skill set. Um, and it was right in the middle of a missions trip to Costa Rica um, with my high school. And this was my senior year. And my parents and I were talking like, how can we get you a flight back from Costa Rica to go to this? You know um, I was, it was like crunch time at this point to commit. And I was feeling a lot of pressure and, I was a student body of my high school at that time. I was a student body president. So I really had put on this whole missions trip. Like that was my big responsibility my senior year was organizing it and fundraising for it. So I really couldn't leave. Like I I had a responsibility to the school. And so I felt like that was my first sign from God where He's like, I just don't want you to be there at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, he knew that like ice hockey would be so much more fun for me and it would be so more rewarding. And since there's no big opportunities for women in sports outside of college it really didn't matter specifically in lacrosse you know it really didn't matter what sport i played in college because afterwards it wouldn't really carry over um but i also had struggled with sports injuries as a lot of people have i have um pretty serious tendonitis in both my achilles that i've had since middle school i've done a lot of physical therapy for it but My doctor did say that if I um, went ahead and played at a D1 level, there is a high probability that I would tear one or both of my Achilles, which is the biggest tendon in your body. So Mm -hmm. that was a risk. And I kind of felt like since I was like an average athlete, like maybe if I was able to work hard slightly above average, I would make the team and then probably not start until like my junior year and the risk of me tearing my Achilles before then was just too high. Um, but I feel like God just really knew what he was doing because mm-hmm. as I played ice hockey, I used muscles in my legs that I've never used before. And it really strengthened the muscles around my Achilles. Right. Um, and it's just really running was what irritated it the most and exacerbated it. And in high school, it was already to the point where after games, I was on crutches for like three days because it was really bad sometimes. But ice hockey really just gave it the opportunity to like build gave me the opportunity to build muscles around it and just play a sport without pain and that was something I had never done before so I feel like it all worked out for the good but it was really a trusting in God experience because like my heart was with lacrosse Um, but Mm -hmm. he really gave me like the joy to try a new sport and to just have fun with it essentially.
1: Right. Wow. That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. That's a lot of good stuff to unpack in that. Jeez. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>, thank <laughs> like, you. I'm, I'm just mentally t- I don't even know what question to ask it because it was just so many, like, so many good like points in there that we can harp in on. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of take it a little bit of a lighter note for a second. We like, so a lot of people don't really know how Merm and I really met, per se. Like, we have a lot of mutual friends, but yeah. like, Merm and I actually first met freshman year uh outside of commons i would always have like a lacrosse stick in my hand basically because i was getting into the sport a little bit mm-hmm. um all right so as i was saying yeah brandon and Murm were just out there playing lacrosse so i would just go like throw and catch with them and then we became friends through that and then we really started hanging out with each other through liz and uh, liz france uh one yeah. of my good friends for freshman year and uh yeah we just became good friends ever since and made a lot met and a lot of mutual friends through that way so uh yeah, that was really cool to see how like lacrosse connected us together as friends and stuff like that. So I'm I'm thankful for this board for many reasons, but that might be one of the biggest ones for me personally.
2: It um, really was, yeah.
1: Um gosh, you again, you hit on so many good points back <laughs> when you were talking about that. Uh, just <laughs> all the different stuff. All right, actually no. I remember what I was going to say now. The debate. It's funny you said about private schools and how like back at um your school private schools kind of had a disadvantage because um of the, they had less of a talent pool to. They had less of a talent pool to pull from, and public school had everybody to kind of pull from. It's kind of yeah. interesting. because back at home. Every like you're. In, I mean, I don't want to like downplay public schools at home, but like, yeah, eighty five percent of the top athletes went to private schools back where I'm from. Like, yeah,
2: I will. I will specify. I think I might have said this previously. I would change that to small private schools. So that's we true. have okay. we have private schools in our area with. Amazing sports programs. Their athletic program is unheard of. And like you said, a lot of the talented athletes go to those D1 schools, especially when it's an all boys school, all girls school. It's very competitive. Yeah. Very talented athletes. Again, parents that can afford to put money into their child's um, profession as far as their sports career, they play on those expensive travel teams. They get that experience. So I feel like that's definitely there. At my school specifically, it was small. So we didn't have the pool as maybe a larger i guess i should say pri- a large private school or a large public school had
1: okay that's fair that's a good point yeah um you actually went to school or you grew up with someone very interesting to the college football world you want to talk about that a little bit i'll <laughs> give you a name you david Sill? yeah so <laughs> jacob do you remember this kid um... he had a uh,
2: scholarship to USC for football when he was 13 a verbal commitment already
0: I've heard the story, but no, I, I I haven't heard other than that. So I'm going to I'm gonna tell it from a college
1: football's perspective. And Mariam, you knew yep. the family a little bit. So you can come yeah, at it from I'm like a personal Yeah, I'm still friends
2: school. with their family. Yeah, I played field hockey with his sister. They live literally basically in my neighborhood. So we're still good friends with them.
1: Yeah, so David Sills was a, a kid who was about 12 or 13 who got a – like when Lane Kiffin was at USC, he committed to them. And apparently he's supposed to be the next big thing. And Lane Kiffin basically, Lane Kiffin basically offered them a scholarship in principle – um, things didn't really work out as far as the quarterback thing worked out, but he actually ended up being a really, really good receiver at West Virginia. And it was like, even in like, I don't even know if he was he in the Heisman contention or Blifnick contention, but I don't know, but he was a really good receiver in college. And I'm not sure what he's doing right now.
2: Yeah.
1: Is he in a, is he on a team right now, Murr?
2: He is. He plays for the Giants.
1: Gotcha. So he is doing yeah. pretty well for himself. Mm-hmm. That's good. But yeah. I found it really cool that Murr actually knew the uh, of that guy. So I thought that was a little cool little uh, tidbit for that it
2: is yeah Uh, it's it was interesting for sure I mean even I remember in like middle school I would have like ESPN coming into like my history class and filming us and uh I've gone to school with him since second grade so uh we we definitely we're pretty close like I said it's a very small private school um right he's a great guy he's very humble I don't really communicate with him at ton I mean we stay in contact um right you no know, we right, follow right. each other on social media talk here and there maybe reply to his story That's but a I know he has his whole life in New York and it seems like he's doing well it's really happy his family's really sweet um but it was Good. definitely interesting our school was a football school for a while um there it was it was really interesting um we actually like our main rival at one point like the best school in the state we beat them 51 to nothing in football. Jeez. I mean, we had so many people from our team go into the NFL. Um, I know Angelo Blackson went to Auburn. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously David Sills. There's a few others in there like Kenny Bigelow or Brandon Watson, who are like some are picked up for practice squads in the NFL. Um, right. My friend Eli Anku, who's actually Canadian, I think he plays. He played in Miami for a little bit. I don't know where he's at now. Um, and then my friend Jarrell Presley played in the NFL as well. He went to the Super Bowl, but I think he was on the practice squad at the time. But I forget who he played for. Um, there's just a handful of people from our school that actually ended up in the NFL, which is really weird. But they ev- eventually ended up breaking off and making their own football school. Um, David's dad essentially took this, took the athletes, put them in one of his random office buildings, and they did online school. He bought them all laptops, did online school during the day, and then we just trained them. And uh, wow. that's pretty much what they did. It was a full time football school. So our football program was hurting, obviously, after they left. <laughs> Um, they I believe pretty it. much all the players, but it was an interesting time to be at the school. But I mean, it was, it was fun and all the guys are really great and I'm happy for them now. It's fun to see them on TV, you know, it's a really small state. So I feel like we all knew each other, but it was a really interesting experience. Um, he used to be quarterback actually. So he, when he committed, he committed to the quarterback position for USC, but he ended up hurting his hand um, while he was at the football school and he just kind of wasn't the same as a quarterback I think throwing he was not as talented and not anything major but I just think it was never the same for him so he went to junior college for a little bit after he went to West Virginia and then ended up going back and he just decided that you know I didn't want to play the wide receiver position I think again I'm not him, but he originally went to be quarterback. I know that's the position that he loved just being a friend of his. That's what he really had a passion for, but I think he really stepped into that role of wide receiver. Well, Um,
1: Oh, he did really well, really, really well. He's just
2: an incredible athlete. Their family's really sweet. And his dad has always supported him. Um, I remember even in elementary school, like during the weekends, his dad would fly him out to California to train with the best quarterback coaches or quarterback like trainers in the NFL. So, He was always flying between California and Delaware to train and everything. But I'm happy for him. They've invested a lot in him. You know, they built our turf field, our stadium, indoor turf field, workout program, all that stuff, to even just leave the school with all that there. I mean, he has invested millions of dollars into our school. So I'm glad that he's invested so much in his child. But David, David seems to be happy, and he's doing well. So it's always fun to watch him play.
1: Good, good. All right, we can kind of take a little bit of a break on the sports talk. I feel like we can have you on again and talk about a whole lot of other things too. So, you're, if you want, you're more than welcome to come on again. Let's get a little bit into like your professional, like life and goals and stuff like that. Because we are like, we're not just a sports podcast; we're also like a sport and business podcast. Yeah. And more importantly, we just want to like give our friends a platform to like do great things. So we, at least, yeah. I know you're going to do great things. I'm sure Jake's going to agree to that you. after this conversation. Yeah, oh, definitely. Thank
0: you. definitely.
1: Um, so what did you major in at Liberty University? What are you doing with it now? And what do you hope to do with it in the future? And I'm going to tie what you want to do with, uh, one of our segments we call learn from the masters
2: Yeah. in a yeah.
1: second. So okay, cool. uh, what did you <laughs> major in? What are you doing right now? And what yeah. do you plan to
2: do? Um, so I majored in criminal justice. I've always kind of had a heart for human trafficking victims and just helping them. So I originally wanted to work in the FBI, um, for behavioral analysis and kind of like figure out ways for where I could help people through that. But going to school minoring in psychology and everything, I ended up in my latter years of school taking some criminal law classes, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was the most challenging classes that I had. I mean, I remember making like 15 page study guides for every single test and hosting study sessions for people just so I could learn more from them and just a a bunch of things that I was learning from those law classes, but I really developed a passion for it. I mean, I think the Lord was just leading me to that. And then I ended up getting an internship in D.C. And I really, really loved how effective and efficient the general counsel was. Um, Just for that nonprofit organization, they worked a lot with, like, injustices and defending those who needed defense and saving. And I kind of learned that you need a lawyer to get things done. Like, you need legal representation to actually – if you want to do things like justice oriented, you need legal representation to do that. And so I think that that was a huge draw for me because it was a very rewarding position, even though it is really hard. Um, So now I actually work at a law firm in Wellington and I absolutely love it there. It's so great. I work as a paralegal and it's just an amazing experience. I'm learning a lot.
1: Uh, What's it like working in a law firm?
2: It's really interesting. Um, Mine is a lot more relaxed. (laughs) Our bosses are really young, um pretty fun. Um but it's I originally wasn't looking to work at a personal injury firm because I thought it would be a little bit scammy. Like I thought it was kind of people that like slipped and was like, "I want money." Right. But it's really not at all. We really only can take clients if they've had serious treatment like surgeries and things like that. Um and I mean, I get to check in a lot with clients who, you know, have I mean, some of our clients have had serious injuries like facial reconstruction and just major back surgeries, neck surgeries, because it's a lot of motor vehicle accidents. And okay. so it's really cool to represent people that need help. And like, they are just so appreciative of it. And it's just very rewarding because you can give them peace of mind that if your medical bills are going to be covered. You know, we're working hard for you. And like, you don't have to worry about like, you can get as much treatment as you want so you can get back to your normal life and like we're going to help you and so that's what i really love about that it's not really like money grabby oriented it's not like a business type of law it's very much like social justice oriented and so that's what's very rewarding for me personally
1: gotcha that's really cool yeah so that's that's amazing um yeah that's really good i think i'm good for now i mean we got to have you on again sometime yeah do you have anything you want to say
0: ask Oh no, I mean I I just want to say like, you know, thank you for being an incredible guest. I think this is one of the more unique um, you know, guests I think we've had on especially as far as like, you know, you're a listener as well, which is helpful and uh I I think um uh it, it was very entertaining and I I don't think we've had any criminal justice majors on. Um, no, we got to get her on again.
1: Once <laughs> <to come laughs> on again. Or, or oh, I do like remember that. something. Yeah. 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 Um so, so this is where the learns when the masters come in. This has actually helped the master student because I have a paper <laughs> due in like three or four weeks and I'm gonna write it on sovereign immunity and entanglement theory. Yeah. And I don't know a thing about sovereign immunity or entanglement theory. So <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh!
1: I, I'm gonna be texting you a lot for heads ups and stuff like that. So yeah,
2: yeah, no, it's definitely with law comes a lot of complicated concepts. Um, yeah, it's just sovereign immunity is pretty much just meaning you're immune, you're immune from like civil suit or prosecution. Basically, right. like I, I believe it's like the president, right? That would have it's gov- It's actually
1: all government organizations. Yeah, so, so like this is government- what I do remember. Yeah, so yeah.
2: basically, it's like. You can't. You can't sue. Yeah, yeah like you can't like ruin a government institute's life because like they don't have the money. Basically, is like they can't right. like stand defense for like all of these different um, which actually we kind of had to deal deal with that a little bit um, with our law firm. Sometimes there are there are places where if someone were to get hurt, like that's a government property. Like you can't. Um, right. You, you can't you, sue them. you can't sue them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like first of all. It, it it basically means, like, if you sue them, like, you're suing the people because, like, their taxes will pay for that. You know what I mean? Like, it's funded by the American people. So, essentially, it just really wouldn't make sense to sue them. You'd probably go through, like, a different legal route to, like, make sure that they're being held accountable for everything. And they're obviously right. not taking advantage of someone. But, yeah, sovereign immunity would pretty much be, like... There's no point in suing someone that you pay taxes to keep them going. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of just like hurting yourself essentially, but there's a lot more to it, but that's a little bit I guess from what I understand. <laughs>
1: no, nah, it's it's true. You can't really sue government organizations and that also extends to colleges. So you cannot sue a public university. For example, Jacob works for UVA um if i were to go to uva and slip and fall and like twist my ankle or something crazy yeah. like that I, c- I could not see the university because they're like a government organization and sovereign immunity covers them
2: yeah so
1: yep. i just i just thought that'd be a really cool tidbit and i know how much you love law and we definitely <laughs> just oh uh, gosh we gotta get you on again sometime yeah soon.
2: definitely it was such an honor to be with you guys i'm super excited to you know hear all your podcasts in the future you guys are so knowledgeable and so interesting so just let oh, me know whenever you. whenever you guys want <laughs> me to so come much. on. I, I don't do anything. I have no life, so. <laughs>
1: yeah. Neither do
0: we. That's why we
1: have <laughs> oh, One more. I know. I keep thinking one more thing. Yeah. So you went, I'm really jealous of you because you went with all our friends to a Two Friends concert last week in DC, the <laughs> Echo Stage.
2: Yeah.
1: But you don't have to get to the concert because I know that we can probably talk about them for a long time. <laughs> but do you want to talk about the venue? How, was, how good was the venue and how good was the concert atmosphere for... Uh, for the concert
2: it was really fun um to be honest at first i wasn't gonna go liz convinced me just because i was like i don't know like i don't really listen to them besides their big booty mixes or whatever's on soundcloud if you guys aren't familiar i know it sounds yeah weird. but it's like basically a dj mix of songs and um, it's an
1: hour long and there are 16 of them and they're amazing yeah
2: they're so great but like as far as their spotify music like i didn't really listen to it um i ended up listening after liz was like you gotta go because it was my best friends and I was super excited to see them and I would be crazy not to go. Um, right. And we ended up really making it into like an early Claire's birthday weekend trip. So that was fun as well because her birthday was February 6th. So Right. So her birthday was, was
1: yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yesterday. Shout, so out was, <laughs> shout out to Claire. Happy birthday.
2: Shout out to Claire. But yeah, it was it was really fun. Um I don't know why I'm such an idiot because I didn't even realize that it would be like an EDM concert. Like I just think of the big booty mixes as like throwbacks and Drake and popular music and like Billie Eilish and like just fun little, you know, old school stuff um, as well. But I actually, as I listened to them on Spotify, like the days before the concert, I realized I actually did know a lot of their songs. I just had listened Mm -hmm. to them previously and didn't realize it was them. And I really, I think, them and matoma and win and Wu, which were the openers um were really great i enjoyed it so much there was a lot of people that were like tripping on drugs so like that was kind of <laughs> interesting i didn't expect that again that's just like me being naive i should have known that
1: I love um, it.
2: but i didn't even realize it until afterwards and my friends were like oh did you notice these people and i was like i, I wasn't even paying attention like i was just like just like oh this is so fun Um, But it was a really great experience. DC is so fun. It was a very, it was like the perfect size venue because it was definitely big enough where it wasn't like awkward, but it was small enough where it felt personal. And I feel like that's really a valuable and a great concert experience. And so we ended up meeting all the performers afterwards, but it went hella late i mean it It was like till 3 a.m right it literally went to like 3 a.m and then we got mcdonald's afterwards and i literally was like asleep in the back of the car before we even got home because i'd worked that day so like i was like done but it was amazing i'm so glad i went they were so talented so friendly and put on such an amazing show so if anyone has a chance to see them i would definitely recommend it
1: i need to go so bad you don't want to josh is is
0: a big advocate i've
2: never heard of these guys before
0: i've never listened to any of their playlists before but, yeah, Josh is a huge fan, as as far as I, I'm concerned. Because he I became he it up a fan pretty consistently. Yeah. <laughs> I became does. a fan through the lacrosse
1: team. It's because they're just, like, I listened to them, and it was just so good. And then I just listened to more. And then I got, like, I just got trapped. You know? <laughs> but they're really good. I'm happy you got to experience it. Um, thank you again, Murph, for coming on. I know this week was really huge. We recognized Women in Sport. It was, like, Women in Sport Day. Yeah. Like, yeah. a couple of days ago, I want to say Tuesday yeah. or so. And, yeah. like... I mean, I, I I mean, I guess you can tell by the guests that we have consistently. Like, we we really appreciate women in sport. We women belong that. in sport. I love that. We we believe that sports is a place for everybody, especially women. Like, we just love women in sport. So anytime we yeah. have a woman in sport or something that wants to do something, a woman that wants to do something part of her dreams, a platform. We're more than willing to do yeah. it, and like, thank you, thank you, thank of you for course. coming on. Of
2: course, I'm we, so honored. It was just I, a blast. I survived a tornado to get here, but I...
1: that is true. Oh my God. That is true. <laughs> I get a text from Mer- I get a text from Merm this morning. She's like. Hey, so we had a tornado come through our neighborhood. <laughs> and some of the ruse are kind of gone. Yeah. And, like, we might not have power, there's but like, ships. hey, we're all good. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're yeah. fine. And she's recording.
2: Yeah. It this so could
0: literally great. be I'm like awesome. a never ending podcast. This is unbelievable. Like, we, <laughs> there's so
2: many different
0: things yeah. that we could talk about. This is I know, unbelievable. Yeah. You I have to come surprised.
2: back on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That'll just be a, a cliffhanger for next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I love, love it. Guys. Sounds good. All right. Thank well, you thanks again, Thanks
2: guys. I appreciate thank you. you and your appreciation for women in sports and everything and keep doing what you're doing
1: Thank you yeah, we love it thank All right, you see you guys and thank later. you guys for listening thank you guys Thanks for listening we'll listeners. see you guys
2: later <laughs> All right bye bye
1: bye